Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to oh, he's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. Choo-choo, all aboard the struggle bus, buddy. It is bleak, bleak bleak and uh just here we are just another episode you know four in a row four losses in a row not even a win to show for it just a mediocre draw um, i mean they always say it's darkest before the dawn but i'm thinking we're starting to see like one of those icelandic winter nights where it's night for like 23 and a half hours and we're just yes. living for that last half hour of daylight we're gonna see and it just it's just not coming man it's just not it's not gonna show up yeah it's it's rough this is this is this is rough but here we are yeah i'm pretty sure there's like uh, a place in Alaska or it's somewhere really north where it's literally night for like 20 something days of the year consecutively. They made a movie 30 days a night, but it's like a vampire movie. So that's not real. Or is it? I mean, <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast right there. But uh, yeah, dude, it's just, it's a dark month, man. And you know, the, you know, what the, the best part about this month is it, it's looking even darker just with the, with the teams we're about to have to play. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the schedule and it's kind of like the old Billy Mays commercials. But wait, there's more. <laughs> and, and you're just like, no, stop. Yeah. I mean, hell, we were just watching Inter-Miami 2 play Philadelphia Union 2. And as soon as I flipped it out, I was like, oh, cool. Here comes the hope again. And, oh, no, we suck again. So, it's the hope that kills I don't know. You. It's, it's the hope that kills you. Yeah, it's just through and through on every level. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if you don't have anything to do Typically on the weekends, but this game was delayed a little bit. Go check out uh, Inner Two playing out of Dry Pink Stadium. I think the tickets are like five or six dollars. Very cheap, very affordable. Probably is going to cost you less than the hot dog you will buy with it. Certainly, it's going to cost you less than a beer. Actually, I don't even know if they're serving beer there. Oh, I, I have no idea. I haven't been yet. Yeah, I don't know either. We could probably ask uh, Mr. Traveler himself because I know he was in the stands for this one. So we will report back. It's the news that matters to the fans the most. We'll get you those answers. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by Than Harrington today. How is how's life? I feel like we should talk yeah. about what Netflix shows we're watching. I really I hate doing this. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, if, if we're going down that route, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm preoccupying my time by running through suits one more time because, you know, that's a classic, yep. one of my favorites. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it it just is. You know, you wake up, you, you're expecting to have a good result. You're expecting to move on and, and see this team turn the corner. We're just not getting there. And, you know, it's 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 it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. Houston, so. we've got a big effing problem. Dude, it, it, it's like we're, we we didn't even get off the launch pad. We just kind of self-destructed. Yeah. Like we're, we're like space across. We're like the yeah. early SpaceX trials that just like explode before they even lift off. Yeah, it, it's 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 not good, man. This is but we're here. We're here for the fans. The pod never sleeps. We're not going anywhere. So let's just keep this uh, struggle bus moving. Yeah, well, let's just uh, let's get into it here. Let's let's just jump right in. Well, we're going to put the the miscellaneous news in the back because uh, you know they always say eat your vegetables first and and savor you know your dessert afterwards, right? Or or eat the the bad uh, little truffle chocolates you got on Valentine's Day. Eat the bad ones you don't like first, and then enjoy the good ones later. So let's just go ahead and get this out. Game started out. 
uh, really just off the rip, just delay with massive rainstorms. Um, actually, though, I, this is the one game I brought a poncho because it was like a 90% chance of rain, which was a, a, a very smart idea on my part. I'm going to go ahead and say that. A lot of people have stopped me and asked me where I got the poncho. And it's like, dude, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's been in my garage for like four years. I haven't worn a poncho since like probably 98. So I have no idea. It wasn't until I think someone invited it. It was just like, what the hell is this? Take this off. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Let's get wet. So we were soaked, but who cares? We were having fun banging drums for what felt like an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, it was a long long wait. I felt like I was back in high school because for like a couple moments, like it was just like a bunch of like supporters, just like all in that little trailer bathroom, just duck in the rain. Cause it, I mean, it was, it was coming down pretty hard, but uh, luckily once that surpassed, it turned out to be a beautiful, beautiful night in the field. Honestly, didn't really look too, uh, too affected by it, but what I'm sure was affected a little bit was the players that had to do two or three warm ups and uh that's never fun man that's definitely never fun no i mean from what i saw on social media and you know shout out to the supporter groups they are always ready to party no matter what whether you know it's in person on social media they do a great job of making you feel like you're there even if you're not but uh yeah killer lightning pouring down rain wind gusts and i was like man that must suck to be there and then you see the videos of everybody just partying mm-hmm. and i was like damn i wish i was there right now i don't care how soaked i was i think that's about the point i text you um but yeah, you know, touching on the on the warmups, uh, you know, we'll get into it as we move forward. But that's what they said affected Marsman the most mm-hmm. was two, three warmups after being brought back for your first game. It's not conducive to a, a, a good game for anybody. I mean, even top of the top, Manuel Neuer, it's not going to be good for him. So I mean, is what it is, man. It is what it is. I mean. Look, man, highlight of the night was probably just all the the camaraderie of, of, of all the hype and the uh, the delay. But you know, I mean, it, it's it's just more of the same, man. It's like we make some improvements here, we just do so much worse in every other area. You know, one of the things that I thought really stuck out was that we were really moving the ball, like we we were having ease moving the ball, and we're, we'll get into uh, you know stats in, in just a little bit here. But we had, we had the majority of possession. Uh, we had quite a, a significant number you know, of, of, of passes over there. So that like that actually shockingly looked good. I, well, let me backtrack. What shocked me initially was walking into the stadium when the, when the lineup came out, came out, it was a, a four, three, three. And I was like, Holy crap. Like we're finally just really going to change something and, and, and see how this works out. So I, I was actually really pleased with that. There's some good, there's some bad here. Um, one of the bad parts, and again, we'll get into this, but like we cannot score a goal for the life of us. We have three goals on the season. The first one was really just a super quick reaction uh, by Campana, but the other two are just PKs. Like we struggle. We miss the goal. We're left. We're right. We're up into the stands. We're right to the keeper. We don't know what this open space around in between the post on either side of the keeper, that open space where you want to put that ball, that's a foreign concept to us. I mean, it looked like the Dolphins were hosting a kicker tryout. <laughs> it, it was it was ugly. I mean, you would have thought that some of these guys had never played before and saw like the big yellow goal post and said, that's the goal. I need to hit that. And, you know, shout out to the fans for as many as we missed. There was no reports anybody getting knocked out. You know, all the beers were saved. All the expensive food was saved. So, um, but, you know, jokes aside, it's got to get better. Like some of those shots were gimmies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my unconditioned frame probably could have turned around and put at least two or three of those in the back of the net from the position. It, it's just, it, it's bad. It's- it looks like these guys belong in the USL and the USL guys belong up top. Cause they're finishing better than the main team right now. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Did, did you mean MLS next or did you mean USL? Cause either, either are accurate. Either. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I'm still calling them Fort Lauderdale in my head. Yeah, USL yeah. MLS, MLS next pro. Whatever. I just wanted to make matter. sure I understand you. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that on, on whichever uh, league it is for sure. And here's what well, very, I think 
good news, maybe dare I say best news of the night is Marsman's back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was doing, I mean, I'm not religious. I was doing Hail Marys. I was, I was like doing the rosary beads. I was, you know, sacrificing goats. The calendar was not going to be in goal. And I had an ear to ear smile when I saw that Nick Marsman, keeper numero uno was back Mm -hmm. and and it kind of, and damn it, but it kind of made you believe that God did not stay hope up a little bit. Well, I think so, he had a save like in the first like 30, 30 seconds once they kicked off. I was just like, damn, like it's going to be one of those nights, huh? But no, I mean, you know, uh, he's he's without a doubt the best keeper on our team. Although, you know, shout out to uh, CJ Dos Santos as well. He he played well um, for uh, for Inter 2 tonight. But the downside to that is he's is he's been out like what, five months from that collision with Breck and you know, he really hasn't played with, with this back line. He hasn't played with Yedlin. He hasn't played with McVay. He hasn't played with, with Lowe. Uh, you know, he, he's played a little bit, I think, maybe like one game with Noah. I mean, Noah yeah. only played a, a couple games last year. And, you know, now Gibbs is week to week. So what issues were you seeing between, I guess, that new kind of subset of, of team chemistry that has to be developed? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a team. It was more of five different entities trying to do their job while guessing what the, the rest of them were doing. And if you want to break it down further, the back line may have had some sort of conversation, but Marsman was finding himself having to direct more and more from his spot, which, yes, is the goalkeeper's job. You want to make sure you get the defense set. But at the same time, it was, it was almost like he was hand-holding. You know, last year with LGP and Fagal, if he would have if he would have been out and came back in, it almost would have been a bang bang. Okay, we're back. Let's let's start moving. Let's start going. Um, it it was a little worrisome. I didn't think it would be to the effect of what we ended up seeing at the end of it all. But you know, it, it's going to happen. We have we have parts coming back, moving around, adjusting to what needs to be done, adjusting to new formations and this, that, the other thing. So we're bound to see it, but it, it's still very concerning. Yeah, that's going to take some time. It, it's going to take some time, but hopefully we see some improvement soon because we are going to need it. Now, uh, this switch to the 4-3-3, I really, you know, a couple things that I really, really like here is we're, we're starting Robbie Taylor um, kind of in that, that left mid position, and I think it adds a nice little bit of uh, creativity and, and has a very uh, – you know, take the chance minded individual there. Then of course, up top, we've got Gonzalo uh, acting as our, our nine again, which, you know, kind of good, bad. I'd honestly like to see, you know, potentially Campana get the start and bringing Gonzalo in as we've discussed more in the super sub role, or even like letting Robbie have a shot there. Or, I mean, Lasseter's kind of played in, the, in that, you know, we played two up top, but, uh, but the good news here is that we started with two, quick wingers we started with Lassiter and then Robbie Robertson got his first start of the season which is promising because that speed combo of Yedlin to Lassiter is nice and then Noah Allen while there are some growing pains that are still going to be happening with Noah we kind of got to weather those and get through them because I think he needs to continue to develop because his uh what he adds on that that left side if he can develop something nice with Robbie then we could in theory be pretty quick on 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 you know the outside mainly. I mean, we've struggled uh, really. I think moving the ball effectively, kind of up through uh, the middle. We seem to always want to just punch out to the wings anyway. But at least we've got some some real speed to see what we can do in, in some open space there. Uh, what did you uh, what you like? Did what, what were your thoughts on on the Robbie Taylor? So I got I got to say this right now. If I take Noah Allen out of the equation, Robbie Taylor is growing into my favorite on the team. Mm-hmm. I love his his work ethic. He was not afraid to sprint back on defense, get all the way up the field on offense. He was looking for the pass, but I'm telling you, he's gonna unleash one with that howitzer of a leg, and the stands are gonna go nuts once he finally puts one in. Looking more you know, detailed into it. I like the fact that it kind of like what you alluded to. You have Noah, you have Robbie Robinson, Robbie Robinson, and then you have Robbie Taylor in the middle and Robbie Taylor's experience can stop gap Noah's inexperience and he can help cover for Noah 
when he gets slightly caught out of position, which happened quite a bit. I shouldn't say quite a bit. Happened a few times throughout the game where Robbie Taylor was helping Noah out and then Noah was able to get back into position and Robbie Taylor was able to reset. I don't know how many, or I don't know if you noticed it or how many times you may have noticed it, but I saw that it was effective and it allowed that entire left side to click and allowed Robbie Robinson to stay up and get towards goal. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a very good point right there, my man. Uh, and I, I don't think I've really perceived how confusing this might get with two Robbies on that left-hand side, but yeah. <laughs> good job of, of distinguishing be, between the two. But yeah, no, that's a, a very fair point, right? Because those, those growing pains of a young player, it's really, it, it's, it's expected. So, you know, having someone with a little bit more experience uh, could be very, very beneficial. But, you know, at the same time, we just have a lot of new players who, uh, you know, don't have MLS experience. So they've got to take time to really ramp up. We do have some players, you know, like a, a Lassiter or a, a low, I mean, you know, even Yedlin, although he hasn't played in, in, in quite some time in the league, but there's still going to be, you know, those hurdles that have to get over here. But at least we are seeing signs of improvement in the team being comfortable playing for each other, trying to get open to relieve some pressure off your teammates and effectively moving the ball. The unfortunate part is it doesn't matter how effectively you move the ball, how much possession you keep. If you can't get the ball into the net, you're not going to win games. And this was a game that two flukes, two bad decisions uh, really sunk us in the, in the second half. you know, the first half, drawless. And then I think as we were like walking back up into the seats, I was with Johnny Alpha. And he's like, damn, look at the scoreboard. And I was like, shite. And then I watched it, of course, again on TV as I, as I always do. And I mean, it's, uh, it's painful. Walk us through these, uh, these, these, you know, back-to-back goals that kind of, I don't want to say shut the door because there was a little bit of fight, but really buried us. Yeah, so... Dorsey crossed the ball in from the right-hand side. The problem was, on the first goal, Noah Allen played beautiful defense, okay? It was great. But it popped off his shin and then cleared up over low and was dunked home by Quinteros. Mm -hmm. You can't do much about that. I know people were roasting Noah, bad defense, get him off the field. I would like to challenge any one of those individuals to go out there and make a different play on that. I mean, could he have adjusted his body to get a little more in front of it? Sure. But you have to take into consideration his height. I think he made like nine times out of 10, the defender is going to make that same step. And it just popped off his shin. Mm -hmm. All right. The second goal, I'm actually going to take a little bit of responsibility for this because I called out Drake calendar last episode for running out not communicating, and then I clearly said that's something that Nick Marsman wouldn't do. <laughs> the second goal, Marsman and Lowe failed to communicate with each other mm-hmm. on a pop ball into the box. Marsman ended up taking down Quintero to avoid a shot going in, which honestly, I know he was caught out of position, but he almost got away with ball. it. He, almost, he it, did. It, it wasn't like... You know, there was a sneak in there, but it got it got exposed. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, if he wouldn't have done that, I don't know who the ball popped to. Mm. I don't remember that off the top of my head. But he was so scared and, and so caught off guard that he absolutely missed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. missed it. Um, penalty, you know, because penalty against us, sure, so be it. Uh, and there was no question. I mean, Fafa is a, a good penalty taker, a, a good player for Houston, and he slotted it home. So it, it it was one of those things where it was bang, bang. All of a sudden the game's out of control and, and we're looking to stop the bleeding. We need a tourniquet and we have a Mickey Mouse bandage. Like, we, what do you do? Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know, tough. Uh, two goals in, in 12 minutes. Uh, Darwin Quinteros was 49th minute. Uh, Fafaz was 57th minute. But, you know, in the 66th minute, our, uh, our uh, I guess, new um, – Fond feeling growing buddy Robbie Taylor over here was able to uh, get us a penalty, was taken down by the Houston goalkeeper. Uh, so we got a penalty. Of course, Gonzalo takes it. Uh, you know, 
a little nervous there. Always a little nervous when we're taking penalties for some reason. But he, uh, you know, he slots a pass. We get the goal, and at that point, it's like, hey, there, there, there might be a, a solid chance we can at least walk away with a with a draw here. Uh, you could see the the effort was picking up. I mean, the shots were flowing really the 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 whole game. But there was that that belief that we might win, and but everybody basically went all out, you know, attack mode. I think Phil was just trying to bring on as many different attacker, you know, attackers or, uh, you know, goal prone individuals as he could possibly uh, do. And then, you know, of course, at the very end of the game in, in stoppage time, again, in that, you know, we got to get a goal and everyone's going to be pressing up. Uh, they were able just to, to get another easy third goal from Fafa. I received the ball basically, you know, wide open space. Um, you know, it, it's the, this guy, this guy. We need someone like that. We need someone that has just composure and can drill the ball in there. And uh, yeah, struck a shot to the rider Marsman through. You know, at that point, it doesn't really hurt. You know, because so late in the game, and I think we had all accepted that that we weren't going to be drawing or winning uh, yet another game. But hey, buddy, hey, you know, it's, it can only get better. We keep saying that, but you know, we'll see at what point we're finally smiling again. I mean, I want to walk it back just, you know, right before that third goal. I found myself saying, why the hell have we not put subs out? And, you know, at this point, it was probably about the 81st, 82nd minute. And it was well before Fafa put the game away. But at what point do you notice that you are going to need to swap somebody out to make a difference? Granted, and, and the Inter-Miami fan base needs to understand this. So listen up. There was no substitute for Noah Allen. So let's just get that on record right now. There was nobody there that could take his place. He is playing because everybody else is injured that would play the left back spot. So get that out of your heads. But looking at everybody else, you know, Jay, would you say that they should have made the substitution earlier? Let's talk even like 70th minute. Or maybe try to solidify and, and and maybe take the flow of the game by the scruff of the neck and throw all caution to the wind after that penalty. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, yes. Yes. I mean, I, I think that if we're if we're down, we need, we need subs no later than the 70th minute. I mean, otherwise, you're doing what, what Diego Alonso would do when it subs like the 80th minute. And at that point... You know, I mean, what, what do you really expect a sub to do in five minutes? You know, five, ten minutes, something like that. Give him more time. Let him warm up to the game. And then we'll actually have a, a better shot of, of potentially, you know, at least saving a point here. But tough, 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 especially considering the uh, the possession, uh, the shots. I mean, you know, one day. One day it'll get better. Uh, possession, though, wise, uh, you know, a little over 54%. Uh, they were uh, 47 Point uh, seven percent though shots on goal. Uh, well, shots we we twenty two shots. Uh, they had eleven shots. Uh, both teams uh, had five shots on goal. And you know, do the do the quick math right there. Fifty um, percent of their shots are on target, and what, a little less than twenty five percent of ours are. We couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Uh, but the passing, man, I mean, we, we had more passes. We had 438 passes. Houston only had 379 passes. And we had uh, substantially more crosses. They only had seven. But it's it's just it's astonishing. I, I guess what, what really sticks out to me here is, the, is the, the clearances. They had 35 clearances. We had seven. Like, at least their defense can uh, kind of bend but don't break there. Um, you know, fouls. For the first time, uh, <laughs> we we don't have that many fouls. They had eleven, we had five, and yellow cards, uh, four to three. Anything stick out to you in those? I mean, the total amount of passes that led to absolute jack shit. I mean, yeah. you, you you pass the ball around. Yeah, you could have a midfield of Iniesta and Xavi, and and if you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, it doesn't mean anything. You know, I mean. It, it's like, like I said, Iniesta Chavi, then we had Emil Heskey up front, just booting him in the rose at yeah. the top of the North Stand. It, it's embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I don't want to rehash what I already said, but the younger kids on our academy teams and in the MLS Next Pro would be putting away those chances. I'm not saying all of them, 
but they'd be putting away a good amount of those chances to maybe we, you know, pip a two, two or, or win three, two, I mean, or I'm sorry, three, three or win four, three or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's gotta happen. We gotta get better. It's gotta happen. I mean, and, uh, you know, cause I've got these, you know, being, I guess, credentialed media, uh, you get, the, the club will send you um, really more like detailed stat sheets and, and some just going over like the passing accuracy. I mean, like no Allen, he was one of the highest on the team with 88.9% passing accurate accuracy. Uh, Chris, Mer- Chris McVay led the team with 91.4 and Deandre Yedlin had 90%. Um, the only person that was, I guess, better would be Mo Adams, but he was a, a you know, a, a late sub. So you can't really uh, take that for granted, but like Gonzalo Higuain, man, 66% passing accuracy. Like you're supposed to be the leader of the team. And that's the the best thing that, that you can give us. He only created two chances, whereas Lasseter and uh, Mota both created four. So I don't know what well, else to, to do with this guy. And then we're going to get into, you know, kind of the announcement his father made about Gonzalo, but I mean, be better. The other thing too about Gonzalo is during pregame warmups, he's shooting on Drake Calendar and he's pulling him wide. Just and it wasn't even like, oh, like five inches off the post, like wide, wide. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you, I mean, not to jump, not to jump ahead in the programming here, but do you think he's checked out already? I think he is, dude. I, I think he, I think he, he came into training camp with a positive attitude. And then yeah, I think it was really just tested with, with Chicago and, and you could just see as far as him being like fully bought in, it's kind of regressed. I feel like every game and you know, yeah. Is he retiring? Is he not? We'll talk about that a little later, but a lot of fans are saying like, if dude, if like, just, just retire now, you know, just, just yep. walk away now. Why, why keep doing this? And that's, I think why more and more people are calling for, uh, you know, Campana to start up top or, or Robbie Robinson to start up top or when the summer window comes, <laughs> we got to, we got to get that, that second DP at least filled until we can figure out what's going on with, uh, with Rodolfo here. But yeah, man, pretty, uh, pretty bummed. And, you know, just real quick, we'll, we'll run through the, the post games. I mean, kind of more of the same from Phil, just voicing his frustration, um, said the team needed to be more ruthless with their chances, which is, hundred percent accurate. You need to at least be on target and, and try and convert some. And I mean, basically pretty simple stuff, you know, poor defending in the second half. Yes. Um, you know, but it's just, it's like, he's kind of is on loop, like just saying the same thing when asked in a, it may be, you know, from game to game, it just seems like the answers are getting uh real repetitive, of course, praising La Familia, you know, we want to win for them. They deserve it. I'm upset because we're not winning for them. The team's upset because they're not winning for them. Uh, the fans, I mean, I don't, I, I would have to assume that the players would be, or, or at least Phil would be checking maybe, you know, kind of peeking his head out onto the field to, to check the weather maybe. And you could just hear the fans nonstop. They're the MVP. They're the, the, the backbone, the vertebrae, the nerves, the blood, the skin, the organs, they're everything of this club. And for the unwavering support over and over and over, it is just, I mean, all praise to them. Uh, but speaking of praise, I mean, he was very high on, you know, Robbie's return or first, you know, start of the season uh, in Marsman. And Marsman, you know, played a, a pretty solid game, giving, you know, we're still trying to work out that back line and the chemistry. Uh, distribution was sensational, which, to be fair, that's kind of one of the best assets I think he has of any keeper in our stable is he's good with his feet. Um, and then, you know, praise Robbie's, you know, running footwork, but, uh, both Robbie and Marsman, uh, were cramping up and, and, you know, having issues. So we, we get to the, you know, the, the later minutes in the game, Phil, just take Robbie off. Why risk it? He's the most injury prone person on our team. Just take him off. Marsman. I get it. Like you're not, you don't have to run nearly as much. He can probably deal with his cramps, but protect our players, protect our players. And if you're going to just call them out on the pitch to, to perform like he has yet again, um, you know, you, you, you can instill this hustle mentality or this never give up or, you know, fight through the pain. But if you push Robbie and we lose him for another three months, like we're, we're out a serious offensive threat. Well, and to that point, when he went down in a crumpled heap, I mean, the discord blew up. They're like, oh, God, here we go again. Mm-hmm. There goes his glass knee. There goes his men, you know, his, his ego, which honestly, 
with Robbie and, you know, it's well documented at this point. He can get over the physical injury, but the mental side of it is where he struggles the most. And, you know, going into his post game, when he sat down, you could tell he was already guard up defensive, uh, he, he almost uncomfortable. He, he just kind of looked uncomfortable. Um, he opened up uh, talking about the team needed to finish their chances. He was critical of himself, uh, you know, Gonzalo, uh, everybody who was playing in front of goal. They said the players need to be more relaxed. Uh, it was kind of funny to me, though. He mentioned the team needs to regroup. What were they doing over the past two weeks? <laughs> yeah. If they you, you can't say we need to regroup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't just turn around and say you need to regroup after you had two weeks off. And the only one that was really gone, that would really would have hurt was, was Deandre, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. Um, then there was, there was really a bad question asked and Robbie got really irritated throughout this. And they asked him if he felt the pressure to finish the shots in the one V one situations, which led to missed chances for the team. And, and it was like a long, awkward pause. And Robbie's like, well, I remember passing and setting other people up rather than panicking. So, and then he trailed off. Like, I don't know how you want me to answer that. Like, and mm-hmm. at that point, the presser kind of went even further downhill. Uh, he, he followed that up immediately with subtly calling out the backs to not be able to find the players in the box with the proper pass, whether it be the proper ground ball, the through ball, or the, or the cross into the box. Um, again, mentioned that the players need to finish their chances and then begged La Familia again, like you had already mentioned with Phil, stick with the team. They, they, they can turn it around. They see it in practice and, and, and they're, they're coming together. But like my only clap back to that would be how many times are we going to say that we can see this in practice? You guys say that you are a cohesive unit and you're clinical at practice. If you're not going to perform under the lights when the fans come out to support you and you're, they're spending their hard earned dollar to be disappointed. Yeah. Like it's got, like it's got to stop. And you know, I'm not coming at Robbie coming at the organization in general. You cannot expect, I mean, I know we put out the, the, the giant banner and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, it was like, what family doesn't abandon family or something like that. I don't know what the something exact translation lines, was, yeah. but eventually the North end is going to stop singing. And that's going to be a dark day for the club because at that point, it's not going to, it's going to be a much broader issue than what we currently have right now. It's easily fixable if they get ahead of it. What are your yeah. thoughts? I mean, you can tell in the stadium, you know, I, I don't know. It, it might be a little more difficult to see on TV, but the, 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 no, it's not. Okay. Fair enough. But that attendance is just trailing off and off and that stadium gets so, more and more empty. One thing I noticed was I could hear La Familia at the beginning of the game, banging away, drumming away, getting after it. And as the game went off, it just there is it went on, it tailed off, tailed off. And then the only time that it bounced back was the chorus of boos that rained down at the end of the match. Uh, uh, I mean, I, they, they were still supportive. You know, they, they, they never stop beating their drums. I mean, I, I can tell from that. The, the passion might be a little hard for them to, to keep up with, you know, just, just losing and losing. But it, I, I want to say, you know, they're always going to support them. I mean, for I've been almost every single game. Uh, and it, it's, you know, we've had tough seasons, obviously. Uh, but they're, they're very unwavering. But, yeah, there's always a chance where, you know, the Bucks got to stop somewhere, you know, and uh, that's a, a strong message that, that could be sent to the club. And, um, you know, just to wrap all this up with a uh, kind of a uh, nice little uh, what, thesis statement here, I guess, is uh, power rankings last again. Worst in the league, one point out of a potential 15. We are officially the wooden spoon. I guess we're in the running for the wooden spoon. Rather, I don't even know why they still write stuff under the power rankings for us. It should just say mer. It should just say LOL, or should just say you should have stopped reading at 27. Um, <laughs> I don't see this uh, improving really at all. And then a little bit more bad news is that we've got the uh, 2021 Supporter Shield uh, champions coming uh, coming next week. We're going to be going uh, against the Rev. Uh, the only good news here is they've been struggling 
uh, to start this season. But, you know, they do have quite a bit of talent. So this could be a, another painful day. This could end up being, what the, I think the last time they were down here was, what, 5-0? Five, five and uh, then we somehow go up and beat them the last game of the season after they've, of course, already won uh, the Shield. Like, who you can't even make this stuff up. It is a, <laughs> it's crazy. But um, anyway, a game will be played at Drive Pink. So we are getting... Uh, two home games that will be fun, fun, fun Saturday. Also, Quinn's soccer starting on the Saturday morning, so I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get to watch get to watch two teams of equal talent play one in the AM and, and one in the, uh, the PM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who scores more goals? Probably the probably the four and five year olds. We'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, at least we get a, another uh, game this weekend. But it's going to be a tough, 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 tough game for sure. Uh, what's, what's your score predictions here, bud? Man, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm going to go looking at their run of form. And, you know, they're, they're hit or miss. I'm going to say we lose 2-1. They, they, they had a one Nothing law or win to FC Dallas, but then they gave up three goals to uh, was it Real Salt Lake and they gave up three goals to Charlotte. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's go 2 1, call it a day, move on to the next bit of heartache. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm honestly probably gonna go with that with a 3 0 here. I mean, Carlos Hill, Busa, ah. Uh, and Josie Altador, they got Josie Altador now. Uh, legit, I, they've got they've got some talent, man. They they could really really punish us here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with three zero. I'm gonna go three zero, and I'm gonna you know this weekend, past weekend, I, I had a good feeling about the the Houston game, and I kind of broke what I was saying that I was gonna stop predicting Inter Miami to win until they uh, until they proved me wrong, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Bo could rip us apart. There's just there's a lot that could happen here, and I don't think our defense is quite where we need to be. Um, I'm gonna go three. I'll go three one. Three one, probably another penalty again, because uh, because that's what we do, man. Here here we are. Oh dear. All right. Well, that was it's good to work through that. Let's get to let's get to more positive news here. Um, I guess first and foremost, if you're not paying attention to U.S. men's national team. Our boy, our player, first ever one in MLS, not MLS, but Inter-Miami history, uh, is on the U.S. men's national team, and they qualified for the World Cup. What do you think about the draw in, uh, in our group? Well, you know, I'm torn. I, was a, I am a lifelong England supporter. Mm-hmm. I have been since I was a kid. I don't want to hear any shit about it from anybody. I am thrilled. The U.S. made it, and I'm thrilled that the U.S. and England both have a chance to play each other and advance. Yeah. I think my my only sticking point is we need to see who wins that European playoff spot. We got it. Scotland's going to be tough. Uh, you know, a lot of folks might laugh at me for saying that. Wales might be tough. Um, the Ukraine's going to be 50-50 because – you know, we're not getting political on the show, but they have a lot riding behind them emotionally right now and they could come out swinging. Um, so nothing's given, um, but I do like our chances to advance. And I will even go on and say that depending on the day, I think the U S could finish top of the group. That's fair. I mean, I, I would be pretty thrilled if, if with the U S and, and England draw, you know, if we can at least get get some points, I mean, three would be amazing. If we beat them, that that's that'd be a pretty big moment uh, for U.S. soccer. I mean, we did that with the 2010 World Cup, but uh, England uh, is is a better team than than I think that squad was. So we'll be okay with that. But yeah, no, I think we've got a, a really solid chance of, of of getting through the groups, and uh, and then it'll be fun to see, you know, the the shakeout of the uh, the round of 16 and and stuff of that nature. But uh, you know, there was a uh, Special day that was held at the stadium. Uh, our boy Bex was there, uh, did some stuff at halftime. Why don't you uh, give an update on, on what went down? Because we were in the back, you know, not to say anything bad about the children, but yeah, we needed another beer. 
so we we went out to to get a beer so we didn't get to see the beautiful moment at halftime yeah so i mean there's not a lot the club is doing right but this was definitely one of the bright spots for the entire organization uh you know the inner miami uh in support of world autism awareness day uh welcomed in the uh, i believe it was called autism soccer if i got that wrong no offense i apologize um but you know at halftime they had a special clinic kids were able to get out in the field and then bex jumped out in his full suit in the middle of this halftime you know did the damp field, all the conditions out there, and he got to kick the ball around with him and, and play goalkeeper while some of them took shots. Um, you know, it was a really special moment. You know, we take a lot for granted, and to, to see the kids with autism get to have a special moment uh, on a pitch with a uh, world talent and be able to get recognition for them and their game was was awesome. I mean, I know you didn't get to see it, but it was a truly awesome moment. Just, you know, the, the TV didn't show a lot of it, but from what I read and from what I saw, it, it well done, world class, you know, a lot of class by the club there. It, it was a good moment. Yeah, no, uh, I think that's a, that's beautiful. I mean, Chloe even has a little puzzle piece uh, tattoo. Uh, she's a, a big, uh, I don't think supporter is the right word, but, um, you know, advocate for, for individuals with, uh, with autism yep. and, um, it's beautiful to see stuff like that. And, and I saw some of the pictures with Beckham out there, you know, kind of squatting down in, in the goal with the kids. So, uh, you know, heartwarming. I mean, if, if you can't make us happy on the field, at least, at least make us feel happy and, you know, in, in our morale, uh, categories, but uh, a couple of partnerships here, um, that'll be, uh, you know, something I think overall good. Um, I'm gonna let you handle the Dawn one, uh, because I'm not really too sure exactly where that one's going to go, but the, uh, the bright line and inter Miami CF finally have a partnership, uh, probably, you know, a, a year too late. I know the bright line was shut down for some time during the, the pandemics, but, uh, it's great. And the club is also going to be having free shuttles to anyone that is attending the game. Uh, they will be picking up from, I believe the the West Palm location, uh, the Fort Lauderdale location, uh, more downtown Fort Lauderdale location, uh, and then the Miami location and bringing individuals up to the stadium. So that's a, a pretty good, uh, you know, safe way. Someone said, I think it's it's probably like $30 round trip. I, I would hope that Brightline, you know, gives some sort of a better deal than that. But I mean, you're still going to pay somewhere between probably 25 to, to 35 for, for just parking. And, uh, you know, if you want to go up there and have a good time, don't want to deal with traffic or, or all that hecticness, get on the Brightline. They're very clean. They serve, you know, alcohol in there if you're old enough to indulge, but just very clean, smooth ride up there. And, you know, if you are indulging in alcohol, you don't have to worry about driving because we don't condone illegal activities on this podcast. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I've never taken the bright rail, bright, I see, I can't even say it, bright rail. Bright line. Up here, yeah, whatever. It, it's all the same. Because what <laughs> I'm about to say is in, in Maryland, we have uh, the light rail. Mm. And it's, it's a similar concept. We we drive only part of the way down to uh, probably halfway to like Timonio, Maryland. And then we take the light rail into Baltimore. So we can get right to Inner Harbor, right to Camden Yards, right to the aquarium. And for what I know of that, if this is what it's going to be for Miami and Fort Lauderdale and the club, like it's going to be an awesome partnership. It's going to help a lot of folks out. And as you said, don't drink and drive. That'll be an awesome thing for folks who want to consume alcohol, enjoy the game and get a safe ride home. Yes, sir. Uh, what's going on with the, uh, this Don free All kicks right. deal. Yeah. So, you know, Don partnered with inner Miami for free kicks for free meals. Uh, Inter Miami is every time they get a free kick in their favor, uh, they're going to award up to 50,000 meals to those in need. Uh, what I didn't know, I'm actually just reading this now. I did not know that we are actually in a deal with Procter and Gamble. So this falls under the initiative, like the, the broader umbrella, uh, the overarching partnership enables brands such as Gillette, Old Spice, Crest, Oral-B, Dawn, Charmin, and Bounty to tap in and support the passion of Fandom of Worlds games. What that means for Inner Miami is that there's going to be a lot of support and programs uh, for those in need uh, in, in the local area, which is going to be awesome. You know, mm -hmm. again, just like with the World Autism Soccer, this is the thing that they need to do to help keep themselves in the 
positive light with the fan base. This is awesome. It's not even like some clubs do goals scored. Mm-hmm. God knows we can't score a goal. <laughs> the, the, if, get... if it was if if it was converted free kicks, these kids would go hungry. Yeah, they would go so was, hungry. Do you remember back in the day where they had like SNL had the, like the Celebrity Jeopardy skits? Yeah, and they were yeah. like, "Wow, this is the first time we've ever owed charities money." That would be. <laughs> That would be what that was, uh, you know, all about. But, you know, like they need to continue down this path. We need to like make sure the community is taken care of so the community takes care of Inner Miami. And you know, it sounds selfish, but this is all they've got going for them right now. Yeah. And I mean, there's been a lot of complaints from, uh, from the supporters, from the fans, uh, and the community as a whole that the, the club is really. Uh, not done a great job with their community outreach, community uh, engagement, involvement, stuff of that. So, uh, pretty nice to uh, to see this this coming about. And then, uh, of course, you know we do have one little uh, little rumor, one story that broke earlier this week. Go ahead and uh, and break it down. Apparently. Gonzalo Higuain is definitely calling it twit or quits at the end of this year. Uh, bye. <laughs> That's all I got to say to it. Bye. Bye. Good riddance. So question. Um, actually, never mind, because we're going to get to this in a little bit. So mm-hmm. don't, I, I will not worry about that. But yes, uh, Gonzalo's father came out and said he plans to retire at the end of the season. Uh, sure. I don't care. That's fine. Uh, you haven't been effective. Uh, kind of failed experiment. And um, I mean, honestly, all of our DPs have been failed experiments. So, uh, Damn, I just I wasn't even like planning on saying that. It just it just I just realized that in my head. Yeah, we've been right really on one DP. Well, that sucks. Oh well, let's move on. Let's have some fun. Bring us home with the uh, with fans fans questions. No, only fans. Only fans. Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You gotta start writing right. in there because I'm trying to read the scripts. Oh, my bad. All right. So only fans. All right. Fan questions, hot takes. Uh, we ask you guys to submit your questions, hot takes. If you want to be a part of only fans, go to our Twitter at enter MIA podcast or hit us up on Instagram at inter Miami podcast or join our discord. Cause that's always a fun place to be. All right. First question from Bernie J wouldn't, a self-respecting club have fired by Phil by now, even if it's just for the optics. I mean, I've got to stick with my guns here and say, I, I, as much as it is Phil's stock is plummeting game by game, I still think we have to wait till, uh, to the midway point of the season. Would, would another club get rid of him? Sure. And I, I want to be surprised. Probably would say it was a smart move. Uh, our circumstances, you know, a little different. Um, we're not even half a year through our, our two year sanction that we're, uh, having to work through, uh, with a, a depleted squad, a new squad, and it's not really that attractive of a job. You know, I don't know who else you'd get in here that could really turn things around. I know there are some, you know, options that I've seen on the Facebook groups or we've discussed in the discord, but, uh, you know, I think that we're sort of aware of, of what's going on and, and what our, you know, near future is over the next couple of years. And hopefully they're just wanting Phil to, to weather the storm. And, you know, this could all, if we go on a six game win streak, you know, maybe people might think Phil is a, a genius. So, um, it's like yes and no to that question, I guess. I'm going to remind everybody that the interim manager does not always work out. All you need to do is look at United as sometimes you get yourself a Ryan Giggs or a Michael Carrick who, who will guide you through two or three games, or you get a Ralph Ragnick in who you think is going to lead you to the promised land and he just cannot control the locker room. The, it's, it's the old adage where the, the students aren't going to listen to the substitute teacher. They know that they only have to deal with an interim manager for so long. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the best out of them. I mean, no offense to, to, Coach Christ, because I think he's he, he's a good guy, but he's going to bring the same style of play that led to a sub five hundred record at Fort Lauderdale last year to the first team. So I don't know. I would say keep him to the end of the season and start building your list now of folks you want to go after. That would be my take. Uh, yeah, well, I, I would say something similar, right? 
yeah, uh, maybe not fire him at the midway point if we're still atrocious, but maybe start start your conversations with with who you want to get in there and then maybe replace him at the end of the season. But a lot of people, you know, are saying pretty level headed and saying no, just let him stay throughout the durations of the sanctions, get us through this, and then then we'll move on. But uh, what else we got here, bud? All right, from Miami Spartan, Jay, which drinks do you recommend to help you forget Inter Miami matches? Oh, it seems to always be the Aguadina, which is like I'm not sure exactly what country it's it really comes from. Could be Colombia, could be Venezuela. I could be way off on that from my understanding. It's like a Latin American thing, uh, and the supporters group seem to be very fond of pouring multiple shots down my throat. Before and after games. So that's the one I'm going to go with. Uh, the beer can get you two, but the supporters in their Aguadina. And it's like, it's like, it's like every different supporters group has their own designated like Aguadina shot pour in the mouth. Like no one's safe. Like I'm not going to get anybody in trouble here, but like even, even the club's personnel are, are sometimes cranking down with us. So uh, yeah, that, that'd be mine. That'd be mine. And then, you know, try and just maintain it with, uh, with the beer. All right, so I'm going to go with two different scenarios here. If it's a close loss, I'm going to go with a double Moscow mule because I love a good Moscow. All right, that's just me. That sounds good right now. No, absolutely. I'll drink them all day long. If it's a bad one, we are going with the OG for Loco because that's the only way to wipe your memory. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Johnny and I got back here and we we, we had some nice bourbon, which which was a good time. But uh, you. You have some good bourbon, though. I'll give you that credit. You got some yeah, good bourbon. Yeah, in the, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's move forward. Jay, this is from the, the oh, yeah, I guess his name is Nuka-Cola Vendor. He's a new guy in our Discord. Um, Jay, what current EPL club could you compare Inter-Miami to? I think we talked about this, and my answer was not acceptable because they're no longer an EPL club. I said Sunderland. Because it's just nonstop pain, and I feel bad for Sunderland. But if it's going to be an EPL team, um, are you are you going to go with the Canaries? Is that? Do you have another one? Or are you going with the Canaries? I have two. So if you want to go with the Canaries, I'll use my second answer. So I do. I do as well. And I'm actually going to be very curious if we have the same ones here. I really am. But okay. Just just stay in true to form. We're the worst team in the league. It's got to be Norwich. Yeah, I would say Norwich. Just looking at their goals for to goal, goals against, it was eighteen four to sixty three against. Yeah, yep, yep. Now, is your second one Everton? Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me tell you why. So before we recorded this, I saw an article, and it was Fat Frank just looking oh, dejected. On on the sidelines and it says Frank out of control, Everton relegation bound. And he had the same look that Phil had like, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I don't like that one. I mean, I like it, but like uh, super Frank's a damn treasure. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate him. It's not like it's Steven Gerrard. Like fat Frank wasn't just trash. You know what I mean? So it. speaking of more, uh, we're going to go with B Griff 89 again. Sorry if I messed your name up newcomers. I apologize. Do you think Jay, it is even worthwhile for the club to bring in players during the summer? Uh, should we even gamble on a new DP if a potential coaching change is imminent? So that's, I think what we, we stopped, uh, on that discussion about Gonzalo. Yeah. That's a really interesting thought. Um, like, do you just wait and then, we're expected at the end of the season have three DP players. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. I guess it just depends on where we are in that summer transfer window. I, you know, the club has got to feel this burning desire to give some results to to the supporters, right, to the fans. So if we're if we somehow start to turn it around and win some games, or at least start securing more points, I could definitely see it be more beneficial assuming we're getting a, a, a different coach um, because it would be a pretty hectic, you know, off season to try and get three DPs in the door. Maybe you, you get one and then worry about the other two later, but it, it would be nice, you know, with the new coach, just let him have some input in the DPs uh, he wants. So, you know, I guess it's just like anything, we're just kind of trying to wait and see how bad this gets. Does it get any better? We sure hope so. 
What do you think? I I agree with you because plenty of times, just I mean, in our own club, we've seen that. Oh, you're not the player I picked. I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to to go down this path, it's going to we're we're never going to get set. Where and I don't not ring in the alarms because we're this brand new. But if we continue to reset the foundation and fumble the ball and and and, and have failure to launch, do we start running similarities to like achieve us where we start thinking maybe this isn't going to work? You know, mm-hmm. we got to avoid that at all cost. So I'm gonna I'm gonna branch off of B Griff's question for you. All right. Okay. If the season continues to play as poorly as it does, and I, and I could be off base here because I'm not familiar with the terms of it, do you think they look at Rodolfo and be like, hey, can you help us? Oh, I mean, at that point, it, I think it, it's going to have to be, you know, how how he finishes the season uh, with, with Monterey. Um, do Monterey want to acquire him because it's a loan with a buy option? And then would he be willing to come back you know, knowing that it's uh, <laughs> the struggles of this club, you know, I, I guarantee you, Pizarro is is staying up on on Inter Miami and, and the scores just to see, you know, where we are. So, I I know Pizarro got a lot of hate. I was never really that guy. I I did not mind Pizarro. I think he shined really great when he had to be our playmaker. Um, but then, you know, we we love to play people out of positions. I don't think we gave him as much time as I would like to see on that left wing, but. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I really want it. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't mind with that at all. I, I was one of the Pizarro haters. It was very well documented. Uh, but if he wanted to come back, I don't think there's a reason why you don't let him come back and at least play it out. We yeah. don't have anything to lose. I think we have more playmakers that that would he could benefit off of now. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. there are times where like, uh, you know, we're we're not really sure is is it going to be, you know, Mo Adams? Is it going to be Robbie Taylor? Gregory's been a little out of form. He would have been a you know, even though not you know on you know as a left winger as he typically is, but you know he could definitely fill in and and. and probably have a better year if he was here this year than any year he'd been here just because of the, the, you know, we did bring in a lot of attackers and, and a lot of people that are, are trying to help create. We're not fully where we need to be, but it would be interesting to see. Maybe that's just, yeah. maybe that becomes one of the great unknowns. Yeah. The, like yeah. the 30 for 30s. What if Rodolfo Pizarro came back to Miami? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the final question is more on a personal note. This is from your boy, Will from across the pond over in England. Jay, what's the secret to your good look? Oh man. The, the, the key is to have your hair so styled. It doesn't even look styled. Okay. So what if you don't have hair to have styled? Cause in my situation, Stress has caused mine all to fall, almost fall out by 32. <laughs> well, I'm slowly growing a beard back, and you're, uh, you've always been rocking the beard category. Uh, be confident in, in whatever you do. Don't ever let, you know, Chloe tells me, are you really going to wear that or, or whatever? Just be confident. Be you. Dress how you want to be. Uh, I promise you, uh, I'm not going to say all the time, but a, a lot of times, the, the women – or men, however you swing, whatever you're into, vice versa, will find your you just being natural and, and being you and, and, and doing what you want to do more attractive than uh, you know trying to be something else. So be yourselves. Uh, you know, hair is always a good thing, though. If you got some hair, go to you know maybe a barber's not cutting it for you. Go find a stylist. Let a stylist hook you up. Or if maybe you don't know, can't grow hair, go full Rick Ross season. Go full Than Harrington. Go full Gonzalo. You know, let that beard grow. Mix it up a little bit. So, Will, I'm going to tell you the secrets to my good looks now. All right. It's called having two kids, sleeping five hours, <laughs> being hopped up on Red Bull, and just not give it a shit. And it is, it is blue jeans and hoodie season 
all year long. I don't care. I'm walking in the business meetings. I got my hoodie on. I got my jeans on. I'm supposed to be representing the company. I'm like, whatever. So <laughs> be yourself. You know, that's what I'm saying. Be a, yeah. Now I know that's not generally a question that we would answer on here, but I figured we needed some fun to end the, uh, the episode on because God, we can't keep doing the pain. <laughs> we yeah. just can't keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, everybody, if, like I said, if you have questions, you want to, you know, let off some steam, you got some hot takes, you want to, you know, ask us the, the secret of life, you know, reach out to us again, Twitter at inter M I a podcast, Instagram at inter Miami podcast. As we always say, thank you to all of the La familia. We appreciate you for sticking around. And as always, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. <laughs>